This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. It's a brand new episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It is Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais, and we're back to talk more Saul. Season 5, episode 3. The guy for this, uh... I actually went looking for this episode on Sunday. I forget that they always do this. Like every season with this show, they do a premiere on a Sunday night. I think like right after Walking Dead, presumably to, you know, get in on that Venn diagram of Walking Dead and Breaking Bad fans, I guess, that they presume must exist. Uh, and But the actual show is on a Monday night, correct? Like that's when everything that's when they the actual episodes air usually. I I have no idea. You just watched it after the fact, I because I did too. But yeah, I always just buy the season on Amazon, so <laughs> Smart. it's it, so it always just the next day just yeah. pops up. Which I, I went you know, looking for it on Sunday. And I'm glad I have because you get some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like whenever the season ends, it'll yeah. whatever new stuff comes up, you get, which is kind of nice. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they air on Mondays now, because uh, I was able to find it next day on Tuesday. So, uh, let's talk about the episode, everything that went down. So, Nacho delivers Jimmy to Lalo Salamanca, who wants him to make sure that Domingo, who was arrested in the last episode, is freed from prison before he has a chance to say anything. Jimmy sets up a ploy with Domingo that draws DEA agents Hank, Schrader, and Steven Gomez to the prison. Though they suspect a ploy, Jimmy, as Domingo's lawyer Saul arranges for Domingo to go free on the condition of becoming Hank's personal CI and revealing the location of Gus Fring's dead drops. Jimmy discovers that Lalo plans to use him more in the future. And Nacho tries to have his father's shop bought so that his father could retire safely away from the drug world, but his father sees completely through this and instead leaves angry. 
Later, Nacho reveals Lalo's schemes to Gus, who decides not to interfere, at least for the time being. Mike continues to wallow over Werner's death. Kim, and in the best way possible, but we'll talk about it. Uh, Kim is pulled from uh, a day of pro bono work to deal with a stubborn homeowner who refuses to leave his land to make way for Mesa Verde Call Center, initially demanding that he accept the court judgment uh, to remove him from the land. She comes back later with a sincere offer to help him move, but the homeowner accuses her of only pretending to help and refuses. Uh, what did you think of the episode? Oh, and don't forget they throw beer bottles off the balcony in their oh, apartment complex. Yeah, at the, at the end of a bad day at work. For both of them. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, so what did you think of episode three? Um, it was good. It was, I mean, of the three, this was probably the weakest. Yeah, a bit but, of a come down. Yeah, but, you know, it was fine. Solid episode. Uh, it was great seeing Hank be Hank. Um, yeah. So Didn't uh, mention rocks, which is a shame, but whatever. Well, he didn't get into the rocks till later on. Oh, that's so, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was when he was bedridden because he, you know, had that's the right. gunfight in the police parking lot with the twins. Of course. <laughs> but, no, I, the only thing is, like, now we're getting to the point of, like, it's been so long since I've watched Breaking Bad that mm-hmm. I... I'm trying to remember if 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 it was known that Crazy Eight was like a CI, but not like a real CI, just definitely making the DEA agents run around chasing money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like my only problem is that I just don't know remember the continuity. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I can't. Like with Crazy Eight, the uh, only thing I remember is he's the one that they get in the house and then throw in, and Jesse doesn't understand how. Uh, acid works and puts him in the tub so yes uh but so it's like i don't i don't really remember too much of the context and it's funny because i remember in the sh- in breaking bad like crazy eight is like yeah he's you know ocho loco i love that lalo calls on that all the time uh but like he's crazy and this and that and you know unhinged and he serves some time but like in this show he's like pretty cool collected yeah um, nice guy definitely definitely an underling you know Mm -hmm. who just wants to protect himself so it is i'm guessing that it was more of an ironic name whereas you know what we've seen him is like you know yes i guess it was just a front because he came across two dumb white guys who were trying to you know mess with them yes uh but the best thing in the episode was uh, Mike walking from the bar and Holy shit. getting the crap out of that guy. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, that was. <laughs> I, got, I I don't uh, do this often. Some twenty bucks. Oh, I got a lot more than twenty bucks, asshole. <laughs> I don't do this often, but I cheered when he took this guy down. So Mike is the the. The setup for the scene is Mike is at the bar, I believe, where he took a lot of the guys out uh, to go drink from the construction and stuff. Yeah. And uh, one of them had put something from Warner, something that he had drawn or I wrote down, I don't remember, um, and put it up on the, the wall of the bar. And Mike's like, take that down. And I'm like, ah, it's a tradition in the bar, like to put, put this sort of thing up from the people who come in. And Mike very adamantly, like, this tells you all you need to know about Mike. He... Now, he had to say it three times, but three times was enough. 
And this bartender in his own bar was like, okay. And he took it down. Well, he said, please. He did. He did not want, but he didn't want to fuck with Mike. He did say please at the end. Um, And Mike still wallowing in all this is going home. And there's just a bunch of like youngsters, I guess, especially compared to Mike hanging out in the front yard, just having a party or whatever. And they just decide to fuck with this old man. You know, you got 20 bucks I can borrow, old man. You know, that sort of thing, trying to intimidate him. And he does, as you said, he turns around and he's like, oh, I got a lot more than 20 bucks, you asshole. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit, this old man wants to, like, start some shit and step up to you or whatever. And the guy turns around, grabs Mike by the shoulder, spins him around, punches Mike in the face, and Mike maybe takes a half, half step back. And then he just clocks this dude, takes his, like, takes him down, like, steps in between his, like, shoulder blade or something and just snaps this guy's arm. (laughs) He looks back at everybody and he's like, anybody else, essentially. And then for good measure, like, snaps it some more and then walks off. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. That was awesome. Uh, Sad Mike, even Sad Mike is is awesome mike uh i don't think there's a i don't think there's a bad version of this guy uh he's awesome but yeah can continue with your thoughts i'm i'm glad we got to mention that it was my that might be my favorite moment in the episode but uh, yeah that and then um you know good character moments especially like you know when kim's pleading with that guy you know yes um and we know it's sincere but with her reaction towards the end you know for a brief moment, you're like, oh, maybe she is just learning from Jane. But it's like, oh, no, no, she's established like she came from a pretty poor family earlier in the show. Like, we know she's being genuine. And so you just see it, her with Jimmy and she's like, F it. You know, everyone thinks we're just all scummy lawyers. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. and now, you know, now it's like, oh, you know, it's Jimmy brought her onto her side. You know, that's that's kind of where. I felt like this episode ended. Yes, um, yes. And then just the you know the additional Lalo like this guy. So like he fixes cars, he cooks. Like man, he's a bit of a Renaissance man, you know. Like, yes, yes, he is. <laughs> the more we learn about him, like man, this guy's you know he's it's funny, he's had charming, a pretty interesting to, life. Loves to race cars around. Uh, yeah, fix fix his own cars that he is racing. Yeah, <laughs> what a guy! He's almost a playboy. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's an awesome character. And then that whole scene with, with Nacho and his dad, like you got oh. the two little strung out girls or whatever. I don't even know what was going on with the one girl on the floor. It was like, I got to take everything <laughs> apart to clean. I got to take it apart to clean. And he just, <laughs> the funny thing is, is he doesn't give her the whole puzzle. He just dumps out like half some the of it. Box. Yes. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like, he great. knows she's not going to solve it. It's just, I got to give her enough something to, to solve, keep but her I don't want to have to pick all of this up at the same time. Yeah. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to go on YouTube to figure out how to put my remote control back together. Yes. That, I thought that was great. I thought, I love that scene with his dad, um, as well. And it's very clear that his dad didn't really know what his son's life was like. Yeah. I mean, it's just like whenever, was it last season? We finally saw his house. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, he's he's doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, oh, it was, yeah. 
you got Nacho in a whole different context. Yeah, but I mean, like, deep down, Nacho's a pretty good guy. He wants to, you know, and he cares about his, at the very least, cares a lot about his father and his family and wants them to not be involved in any of this stuff. It's too late for him, but he doesn't want his dad to be a casualty of any of this. He's just trying to do right by his dad, but his, you know, dad is a much better person than Nacho. And yeah, he knows where the money's coming from. Yeah. And he's like, not, I'm not just from his from son, this. but yeah. where that money really comes from. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to run. If you want to run, you can run, but I'm not running from anything. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the one who did anything. Uh, I really like that scene. I loved all the stuff with Kim and the old man. Yeah. Uh, I think I agree with you. I think she's kind of feeling like, you know, you think I'm a scummy lawyer? Well, you know, fuck it. I am. I am going to be one. Uh, but I think she's teetering, like, very, have, like, she's very on, like, wobbly ground right now. Uh, he, I think it's more of she, she feels like she's not getting appreciated. You know, so the more we keep seeing these pro bono cases, you know, it, it, it you know, it constantly gets hammered home. And I kind of wish we could get Ben in on this too, mm-hmm. you know, more firsthand experience. Yeah. Um, but like every time it shows her with their client, like not everyone's been super grateful. You know, it's a yeah. lot of like, Oh, can we do better? Can we do more? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, she's never getting, you know, pat on the back at all. So the only person who's giving her any kinds of validation is Jimmy. So like, yes, you know, who she despises in every single way as a like practicing lawyer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's just, you know, having that juxtaposed, it's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. what we've always said from the beginning, the fact that she's not in the flashbacks, we've never seen her in Breaking Bad. Like, yes. You know, just like with Nacho, like we don't know their fates. So to me, like they're the most intriguing characters. Cause mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know what happens to them, but it, it but it's not in a fake prequel way it's legit don't know i mean whatever it is it won't be a happy ending i don't think uh i mean at least with kim like there's no way it can be because i like them together so much but we know that there's (laughs) no way they can be together um i mean there is i do have this one theory still floating around in my head uh but i don't think it'll pan out I'm pretty sure it won't and um, I think it'll be better if it doesn't anyway but I was thinking in the back of my head like you don't really get to know that much about Saul in Breaking Bad Um, I mean you do but you don't and he's also a pretty slimy lawyer so you never you never know exactly when you're getting everything honestly from him yeah. And there is the possibility that she just turns to the dark side, essentially. And it's her and him are together all throughout Breaking Bad. We just And he's the face man because she doesn't want people to know. Yeah, we just don't see her. And like eventually, and perhaps in the flash forwards with Cinnabon Jean, like, you know, she's there. And they've just, you know, gone on with their life together or something. But uh I don't think that would be as good as if, you know, where I'm pretty sure they're heading, which is eventually she realizes how not good this is for her and they have some horrible split or something bad happens, um, something that, you know, affects him in ways that 
might be more noticeable in Breaking Bad now that we know about it. You know, that sort of thing. Like, now that we know what to look for, we might see something more clearly. But I'm, I'm almost positive that it's going to end poorly for their relationship. But it, there is yeah. a possibility that she just does turn. But I feel like some of the stuff in this episode is really setting it up for her to just not, like, not be with him eventually. Like, she does tell that guy that story about how she knows she doesn't know what it's like to own a house. She's never owned a house. Her family's never owned a house. And like her mom was like an expert at like being one step ahead of the landlords and, you know, ditching in the middle of the night and stuff like that. And this guy heard this story and all he heard, because all he's been dealing with has been people trying to get him to sell his house and his land or whatever. And, all he's hearing, and he says it right to her face, is like, you'll say anything to get what you want, won't you? Uh, which is what Jimmy does. Like, he'll say anything to get what he wants, including sometimes being honest. Like, she knows she's being honest, but she might find herself questioning, like, did I tell him that just to get what I want from this? Uh, and, I mean, you know, you could do a deep dive into psychology and stuff. I think... Even if people want to do something good for somebody else, they will say whatever to do the good thing, even if it isn't benefiting them. Like, that's usually how it works. People tend to do whatever they have to do uh, to get something accomplished. But in this case, she's questioning whether or not she's doing it for good. Like, is she doing it for herself? Or is she really, is she doing it for this guy? Or is she just thinking about herself. Cause it's another thing he mentioned in their previous conversation. He's like, you're the type of person that donates to charity like once a month to, so you can feel better about the, the not good stuff you do. Um, or you, you, uh, you volunteer at a, at a soup kitchen or something on Thanksgiving. Um, and I think she's like sitting there thinking like, Oh my God, am I really that person? Like, Maybe Is that I why am. I'm doing these pro bono cases? Yeah, like, am I just doing the? Am I doing this for them, or am I doing it for me? And I think she's right in the middle right now. Like, she's not really sure why she's doing these things, and she's questioning it. Um, and I think she is going to teeter towards Jimmy, but I think at the end of the day, she's not. She's gonna like this is gonna this isn't gonna end well, and you know, Jimmy doesn't even see it coming, which is sad i think but that i believe that's the whole point um yeah yeah my thing is i just don't want her to die because i same. i think her living either way you slice it either you know the scenario where you said you know she could be in the background of everything or it's just you know kind of like what we've seen in every outcome of the main characters of breaking bad like their undoing has always been their loved ones in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Walt doing what he did, you know, not just for Jesse, but you know, with the money that he wanted to make sure his family was taken care of after he was gone with Skylar and whatnot. Yes. And then, you know, and then especially Jesse, you know, doing that, he wanted to get out fresh start, but you know, it was also to let Brock know everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And for Saul, you know, especially with the way the, the last flash forward ended, um, and he says, I'm going to solve it, you know, mm -hmm. who knows, you know, if Kim's around, not saying that, you know, I don't think the vacuum cleaner guy would have put him in Omaha, Nebraska and, oh, just by happenstance, 
she's there. Like, I no. think that's just dumb. And I don't yeah. think they would ever do that anyways. No, they'd so. be a package. They would have been a package deal or something. Yeah. Well, I know. I just mean like, even if they are split, it's uh, more of he's going to her. So yes, yes, yes. You know, even if it's like she's in Kansas City, like she's close, but not mm-hmm. so far away. Because then she said she's from Missouri. So, mm-hmm. um, despite what our president thinks, uh, Kansas City is in Missouri. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, but no, it's uh, you know, again, it's just the show's so well written that we we have these open ended questions. Um, yep. you know, that can just go different directions. And it was just like, you know, this episode, it wasn't, wasn't amazing. Like the last two, uh, it was fun, you know, uh, nice seeing Hank back in the saddle again, mm-hmm. uh, being Hank. So I don't know if this is a precursor to Hank Schrader coming into the fold as a main character, which I think would be really interesting. I never really, I mean, I always kind of figured he would show up at yes. one point, but, um, if he actually comes into the fold of the cast, just like Gus did, you know, I wasn't really expecting Gus to be in the show. Yeah. So, so if they kind of do that, this will make it interesting. But then, you know, we get to see the 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 relationship that Gus is able to form, you know, because he does give so much to the police department and all that kind of stuff. You know, the little things we see in Breaking Bad, it's like, well, we can see the beginnings of this relationship. And it's just like how blinded these people were, mm-hmm. uh, you know to his wrongdoings. So what did you think of, um, what did you think of the, uh, the, the opening of this episode being a a metaphor essentially for, I, I believe it's meant to be a metaphor for Jimmy's life. Essentially. He's got this great, big, wonderful ice cream cone, uh, and it gets dropped on the ground. And next thing you know, one thing after another starts piling on, yeah. to his wonderful ice cream cone and by the Taking time he comes apart. by the time he comes back to it it's gone there's no ice cream left yeah um i presume that's what this was cuz they really focused they did this great <laughs> yeah. like yeah. miniature camera work with like ants like one at a time at first coming up to this ice cream and getting into the ice cream and then like next thing you know that swarmed with ants and then by the end of the episode they come back jimmy gets dropped off where, where they picked him up and the ice cream cone is completely gone there's just cone but all the ice cream is gone um yeah. i presume just a hollow that, shell of a man yes i presume that was a metaphor for all of this at least that's what yeah. i thought i'm like well why are they focusing like i know he's not making an ant-man movie so what is why are they focusing so much on this and then it came into uh focus pretty pretty quickly for me after that but i mean even that stuff like that's one of those things where it's like i love the show uh I watched this on the uh, the AMC app on my TV, so there were like commercials and stuff. So I presume uh, where they added commercials were where the actual breaks were in the show. So this episode just started with a bunch of like hyper close shots of an ice cream cone and then ants crawling all over it. And then they do the opening credit bit and then they went to commercial. Like that's how this show started. Uh, that's, that's, that was your tease. I don't know because this episode was like 54 minutes. So it may have been one of those like limited commercial Commercial. break Mm -hmm. things. And I know they've done it before, but man, I love using the scales of justice as an ashtray. I know they've done it, but man, that, that never gets old. That's always great. Um, yeah, this is just a, you know, a great show. This was the weaker of the, the three, but you know, you've got to have these kinds of episodes, 
uh, in there. You've got to have uh, something sturdy underneath. A lot of setting the up. stage, you know. Yeah. yeah. But even when they yeah. do that, they do it better than most other shows do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still so. got Mike beating people up. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I cheered. I don't even know why. I just. Uh, I'm just curious how Mike's going to come back into the fold. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we know and what's does. weird is because, you know, this isn't the first time that he's like said no to Gus. And so it is really strange that like Mike has basically mm-hmm. scoffed at Gus twice now. Yeah. And we know, you know, he definitely works for him in Breaking Bad. So it is. It is odd how trust. I guess. I guess it's why he likes him is he's not afraid of him. So it's not yeah. like he can buy him out. So I guess it's probably some of the appeal but yes mike it is, is just interesting of... that mike kind of gets gets a free pass whereas i feel like if any of his other underlings would have done that like they're just dead mike <laughs> is kind of like the opposite side of the coin with gus like they're two very different people but mike is very no nonsense just like how gus is very no nonsense yeah, just straight yeah. to business and if it's not about business and or if the business doesn't work for him then he will just tell you it doesn't uh and to your point about kim like, uh, you not wanting her to die. Like, at first, I'm like, I'm not really sure where that's um, going to come from. But this episode sort of hammered at home that it, it could. Because uh, yeah. Saul is is talking to Nacho and, and Lalo, essentially. But he's like, look, uh, happy to help you guys out this one time. But, uh, you know, you're going to have to contact another lawyer. I'm very busy. I can't keep doing this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, Lalo's like, well, you'll make time and then speeds off in his car. And, um, you know, he, when turns you're in, to, you're in. Yeah. He turns to Nacho and he's like, look, I, he's like, I don't want any, when blow, if blowback comes for this, I don't want it to, to hit me at all. Um, I presume at that point, not even thinking about Kim, just his own ass. And, you know, Nacho's like when you're in, you're in. Just like how Nacho is in, he can't get out. He's in. Yeah, he's stuck like that. And there is a very real possibility that something could blow back on Saul and hit Kim. And there's, you know, that would a thing like that would normally take a person and turn their life around. But at least in the rules of this, in this, in this story, like there's no getting out. Like he's stuck here, even if it blows back and. Uh, it hits him like he's in or he's out uh, of life. Like you're in or you're dead. Uh, and that's a very real possibility. I don't want her to die either, but they may go that route. I'm hoping for, I'm just hoping for she sees the error of his her, her ways and decides that this isn't going to work for her and she splits. But she knows a lot about Jimmy and... She doesn't know about this stuff, but she knows mm-hmm. that he does some shady things. And, like, it just seems weird that if they break up, she's like, I'll never tell anyone. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. Either way, it doesn't look like it's going to be a good ending. Uh, any other final thoughts on this episode? Uh, if not, uh, what would you give uh, the guy for this? Uh, I'd give it like a like a four, four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. I, I gave it a four, like a soft four. Yeah, uh, good episode, uh, but just you know, laying bricks essentially uh, for for future episodes. Uh, now on the curve, now you know you grade on a curve. Mm-hmm. I wonder if with this show we should have to grade on a slope. Oh, maybe <laughs> so it's like 
You may have to change well, it to in the, the terms of this show, this was more like a two and a half. Yeah, you like know? The, on the Gilligan slope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like if this were any other show, it'd be like a three maybe. Like good, but, you know. Uh, but yeah, compared to most other TV shows, this is a great episode of television. And for Saul, this is good. This is a good episode. And a good episode of Saul is a four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, that's the episode for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Better Talk Saul. Hit subscribe. And that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about more Better Call Saul. It'll be series or season five, episode four, called Namaste. Namaste.